Hello, friends. Welcome to the North Texas District Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast from and for those of us who are serving Jesus in the North Texas District of the Assemblies of God. Hello to you. Hope you're doing well today. And wherever you're listening to this, doing the dishes on the treadmill or driving across our great state of Texas, I hope you're well. And I hope you're encouraged. And wherever you are, I hope you know that Jesus loves you. And we do too here in the old district office. And we're looking ahead right now. We're going into the summer. Here we are in mid-April and district council is right around the corner. I just wanted to tell you before we get into our interview with Pastor Kermit Bell today that we are working hard on that for you. The theme this year is Equip, Engage, Empower. It's June 2nd through 5th. We got a couple of just wonderful ministers who are going to be joining us. We're going to have Greg Ford from CMN, does a lot of work with church planning, pastors a phenomenal church in Ohio. He's going to be one of our speakers. We're going to have Matthew Barnett with his Dream Center from Los Angeles. Well, he's not bringing the Dream Center with him, but he'll certainly be telling us that story of God's faithfulness there and just what the Lord has done with that work there in California. And we've just got a lot of other stuff planned. We have our first ever Pastor's Kid Missionary Kid Retreat going on during District Council. We wanted to find a way to make Council just an event for the whole family. As corny as that may sound, you know, it's true. We're asking you to drive in, spend several days with us, just kind of focused on the fellowship, on the family of ministers here with the Assemblies of God. And our kids are a part of that. And so my kids look forward to Council every year. It would be next year before my oldest would be eligible to jump into this MKPK retreat, but we wanted to do something for your family. So Spencer and his team are working incredibly hard on that, and we're really looking forward to it. So if you want to find out more information, you want to go ahead and get registered, northtexas.ag. Click through the events, and they're on District Council. You'll see the whole schedule, everything lined out for you. We've got that live, and it's ready to go for you. So today is the third part of our three-part series. We've heard from El Presidente himself, Dr. Clanch. We've heard from Secretary-Treasurer Greg Headley, taking the second two of our district's core values. And then here in part three, we're going to hear from Assistant Superintendent and Missions Director, Kermit Bell. So I do hope you enjoy this interview with one of my bosses, good man, North Texas District longtime pastor and minister. Here's Kermit Bell. Okay, so Pastor Kermit, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here with you, Lennon. I'm so glad to be able to share today. Yeah, this is going to be great. And I want to ask you a question before we even list all of these and get to the two particular that you will focus on. We're talking about our district's core values, and this is something we've been working incredibly hard on. We have stared at this stuff until our eyes are crossed, and and we're tired of looking at it. But for our pastor who might be listening to this while they're doing the dishes or driving to the church or whatever, they are, of course, very engaged in their own context. They eat, sleep, and breathe their local body, their portion of ministry. So, Pastor Kermit, the question I've asked each of you is this. If I'm serving the Lord where I am, why do I need to think about slash why should I care about what the district core values are? I think that's a great question, Lennon. And first of all, let me just start out by saying our executive team, we are aware that we only exist to serve the churches, you know, and sometimes uh, people think, well, that's the district's agenda or that's the district's thing. And we have to continue to work Well, that doesn't come across that way because really we are a resource center in many ways. 
And so we want to equip and we want to help strengthen. And actually, it all flows down to the ministry at the local church. So if I'm a pastor and someone says, these are some core values, first thing I'm going to look for is, does this align with what's in my heart. And I believe they will because this is not a vision statement. This is not something that's uh, tailored to your cultural context. Core values really they're the foundation, and they serve as a grid for you to look at everything through that. So these things that you guys led a group of us over the course of a few days to identify this stuff, the things that we've come up with here really are, we've sought to make them so baseline, so right. irreducibly biblical, that one, I think they'll be hard to quarrel with, but two, I think that for anyone in the North Texas District family, it really is a very, you know... That's important. We're not emphasizing that, but I think to do so would make us more healthy and more biblical. Well, I think you're exactly right, and I think it's important to actually say that core values, they're not something you make up. This isn't a wish list. Core values are discovered, and so we went through, as you just mentioned, we went away for a period of time. Key leaders were there. You were in that group, and we had someone facilitate it so we could discover. You know, we just asked questions. What are we good at? What are we not good at? What do we do well? What do we not do well? Mm -hmm. And sometimes those are not easy questions to answer, but in the process of that, you begin to distill down all of these things and to come up with these core values to say, this is really the guiding values of who we are as a district. So this is something that if a church is just joining our fellowship to look through this, they would get a great view of who we are. Exactly. And then this is something that if your church has an 80-year history in our fellowship, wow, this is something as a family that we are emphasizing, and this is who we are. Yeah, there's nothing in these six core values that would be opposed to what a local church is doing. Actually, my hope, and I think all of our hope is, is that as these are communicated across the district, there's this witness of the Spirit, yes, yes. And actually, maybe a bit of even relief and thanksgiving that, okay, someone's helping us articulate why we exist as a church. Right. So, Pastor Kerman, I'm going to read through these six, and then you're going to unpack the last two of them Excellent. Today. So the first core value, well, let me give you the backdrop again, friends. The North Texas District, we are a diverse network of spirit-filled ministers, churches, and ministries. So this applies whether you are in Ballinger or Bolivia. I mean, if, if you're on the mission field beyond our borders or on the field within one of our Texas towns, this applies. So May I add something as you're yes. getting ready to read through those, Lennon? When you have a vision and there's a leadership change, most likely the vision will change or at least shift. But when it comes to core values, if they really are spot on and accurate, then they'll transcend a leadership, they'll transcend specific vision, they'll transcend a certain season. They really can be guiding principles for multiple generations. That's right. Okay, so that first guiding principle is this, we are mission-focused. Not missions, though we do have a big missions focus, but mission focus. And of course, Dr. Klotch unpacked what exactly that means. Second one is that we live biblically. We believe that the Bible is God's word, that it does transcend culture and time, and that that is our basis and resource of true ministry. Third, we mobilize believers. If the baptism of the Holy Spirit is good, 
good for anything, Pastor Kermit. It better be absolutely. It better be mobilizing <laughs> believers. Absolutely. Then we are healthy leaders. We live well. We're committed to emotional, spiritual, physical, relational health with our friends, our staff, our families. And then the last two, and this is where we're going to spend our time today. We love well and reach wide, and we invest in new frontiers. So, Pastor Kermit, let's just start right here. Which is the first one of these we're going to focus on? Let's look at we love well and reach wide. We build community. This is talking about community, but it's also talking about diversity. There's not any one person that you could say, this is an assembly of God. Every assembly of God person looks this way in the North Texas. Right. There's community among diversity, and it's multi-generational. To love well and reach wide, you not only have to reach across different cultures, you have to reach across different generations. And of course, the gospel compels us to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, there are natural barriers that I think just human nature has. Somebody who's different than we are, whether that's skin color or language or customs or whatever, if we're not careful, they become these dividing things. Now, it's okay if they become something that helps us identify, but not something that separates. And the gospel compels us to look beyond that. And so a local assembly needs to reflect loving well and reaching wide. There should be diversity in that local congregation. I love that one of the things we've written here, a local assembly that reflects the diversity of its community is a beautiful and complete representation of the heart of God. Again, I think that is true whether you're planting in a suburb or another country. We want the body that Jesus is building among us to reflect the context that we're in. Absolutely. And so if you are in one primary ethnic context, then perhaps your congregation will be primarily one ethnicity. But there are so many of us who are privileged to pastor in contexts that are really diverse ethnically and culturally, but very often our congregation is probably most most reflective of the ethnicity or culture of the leadership. I think that is the best expression of the body of Christ when it does reflect the unique culture around. And that means no two churches will look exactly the same. Right. So the challenge is, is that in the midst of that, that we embrace these shifts that are taking place. There's a book called Diversity Explosion. It's not written by a Christian, written by a sociologist. But if I just said to you or someone, you know, hey, you know, America's changing or the world's changing, let's talk about America specifically, you would say, yeah, I know that, you know, the cultures sure. are changing. But when you go to this particular book, at least for me, when I began to read it, not only did it reaffirm, yes, things are changing, but what it did is it gave me a sense of really, in a way, urgency that we need to be prepared because this is like a tsunami of change right. coming. And that's not a bad thing. Not at all. Uh, it's actually a good thing because I think we'll be more reflective of heaven. It just is. Exactly. It just is. And so when you look at that book, and I won't go into details on that, but I think there's one statistic that at least really stands out in me that in just a few years, the Caucasian population will no longer contribute anything to growth in America. We will be from that point on, and I don't know the exact year, I don't have it in front of me, but we will actually be a shrinking population. Mm -hmm. So when you couple that with the growth of these different ethnic groups like the Hispanic community or the African-American community or even the immigrant community, you realize that, okay, that changes everything. Right. It, listen, 
business leaders, they know it changes their business model in many respects. Education, they know it changes how they do education. And listen, as the church, we need to realize it will change the way we do church. And it's the most natural thing in the world that if the demographics of the community are changing, that even the demographics of leadership are changing. Something, again, we should desire, welcome, and we'll be... I know I keep saying it this way, but it's just if an assembly is reflective of the community where it actually is, then leadership over time will, Lord help us, become as diverse as the communities we're ministering to. You know, and the gospel positions us to lead the way in society. The church really should be modeling to the world what accepting and embracing and blending of cultures looks like. You know, Matthew 22, Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus laid this foundation for us to be able to lead the way. And, you know, back in the biblical times, the biggest division was Jew and Gentile. Jesus in Galatians 3 said, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ. What he was doing is he was contextualizing the universality of the gospel. And now we could take that and contextualize that where we are today that still says, really, the gospel is for everyone and the church should reflect all of that. Right. Anything else you want to say about this particular value? Yeah, there, there is. I just want to say it just maybe some points. Jesus died to reconcile every person to God. Mm-hmm. And as we were preparing, how do we pray through this? I just felt like the Spirit was speaking to me. For a follower of Christ, prejudice died at the cross. Yeah. And I just want to challenge all of us to actually examine our hearts or have the Holy Spirit examine our hearts And let's make sure there's no shred of prejudice or bias in our hearts. And I think, if I could be transparent, when I examine my heart, at times there's still these little indications that I'm not really where I need to be. And I think if all of us were honest, we would say that as well. That's so important. As leaders of ministries, we certainly need to be very careful that we don't jump the gun on simply labeling different as wrong. It Absolutely. Helps, it helps us demonize ministers who are doing things a little differently. Wow. And boy, does it help us rule out certain types of people. And I know it's sort of a side issue, but I love just in terms of whenever I think music wars and things like that, and we've all seen different versions But when the organ was brought into church, it was seen as the devil's (laughs) instrument. You're right, it was. Bringing something in from the bars, how dare you desecrate the sanctuary of the Lord with that vile (laughs) instrument, which over time became the favorite and favored instrument of God. That's right. The most spiritual instrument, right? Yeah, and there are new things that are now the devil's instruments. That's right, and it's very interesting that you would say that because... You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we really have resistance to all these, quote, these new songs. Well, all these new songs. But the very songs that some people have loved for decades were at one time that new song. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And written sometimes to the tune of bar music. That is actually true. I think it's amazing if we actually began to pray that God would give us new opportunities to love well and reach wide will be amazed at what will happen. And can I just tell you, I think it'll look more like heaven. 
Well, we love well and reach wide. That's our fifth core value. And then the sixth, the last one to focus on of this series, we invest in new frontiers. Tell us about that one. Well, as you said at the beginning, we're mission-focused, the mission of God. That is broader and bigger than what we would call missions, world missions or U.S. missions. But those certainly are a key component to the mission Mm -hmm. of God. I think this helps flesh out that we embrace new kingdom endeavors because we're looking for what is God doing to reach this generation for Christ. Every generation has to own the Great Commission. Mm. And that means, well, let me say it this way. Not every creative idea for reaching people has been discovered. Not every funding mechanism to fund missions has been learned. And so there are new things. There are new frontiers, new people, new people groups, new opportunities, new ways, creative ways. We're saying we invest in these new frontiers. What you said about not every way being invented yet, that I think sort of goes back to part of the last one we were alluding to, and just being open to new avenues to be theologically faithful. Absolutely. But to take new ground. You know, C.S. Lewis calls the world. He says, let's remember that it's all really God's and will be under God's reign. He said, for now, a lot of it is enemy-occupied territory, but we need to be willing and, and creative to take new territory when new opportunities present itself. So I think, you know, you connected it to the previous core value, loving well and reaching wide. If we really are going to continue to live that out, then you're right. There are new opportunities that we have to recognize and see. You know, I love what First Chronicles 12 says about the sons of Issachar. It said that they understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. Yeah. And we're praying that God actually, I don't necessarily need to pray it. I want to declare that across our district, even some that are listening to this podcast right now, they have that same heart that the sons of Issachar. They see things and new opportunities and new frontiers. I just want to say, listen, we want to help empower and equip you to go forward to those new frontiers. For the -the out-of-the-box thinkers, we're glad you are part of the North Texas District. Right. Let me ask you a question from within your chair as the missions arm. You're our assistant superintendent and our missions director. Maybe share a story of a missionary or describe some newer endeavor that might be happening within the North Texas District family that you feel that is an investment in a new frontier. Yeah, I think that's great. Of course, there are some social justice projects that a lot of people would relate with. In some ways, they're not, quote, new necessarily, but the approach to them is new. Human trafficking, obviously, the growth of the internet and unfortunately, the explosion of pornography across the internet is really undermining the value of human life. Right. Human trafficking is at an all-time high right now. So investing in new frontiers, This is going to stretch some of our listeners, but hang on. Don't tune me out. (laughs) When you're in human trafficking, there are women who are really modern slaves, and their owners force them to work in brothels. And in our Western mind, we say, well, then you just have to escape and leave. But the reality is, is that they know your family. They know where your children are. And I know of a story where they told the lady specifically, if you try to escape, your daughter will take your place in this brothel. What kind of choice is that? It's not possible to deliver her out of that right now. Now, maybe someday it will be. So what do you do? You take the gospel to them, 
actually we have a missionary building faith communities within the brothels. That's a stretch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's a new frontier. So they have church. They sing. They pray. They're giving their life to Christ. And here's the statement they say, you may not have control over what you're forced to do with your body, but you do have control over what you do with your spirit and your soul. Wow. And, you know, I just if any of our listeners are offended by that, reach out to me because I'd like to talk to you. But see, the Holy Spirit is the one that opens up those opportunities. Mm-hmm. It challenges the mind. It really does. It challenges our normal way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that modern slavery, human trafficking, there is a faith community that's being established, and not just there, but in multiple places around the world. What a powerful example. I did not know that was coming. I did not know that was happening. You know, I was talking just a couple of days ago with our district high alpha director, Eli Gotro, doing an incredible job. And Eli and I were talking. I, I pitched him an example of something happening, actually, and said, you know, I used to struggle a lot with this happening for the Lord, and could that really be for the Lord? In some ways, the conversation was similar to what we're having. And he said, you know who I heard describe it the very best? There, there's a guy named Winky Prattney that mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners have heard of. But Winky Prattney puts it this way. He says, first, the Lord wants to bring you out of Egypt, and then he wants to get Egypt out of you. But ultimately, he wants you to be able to go back to Egypt if he needs you to, and you make a difference there, and you build the kingdom there. Yeah, excellent. And I think that's just a beautiful way of putting it. Can I just put a little more detail to this particular core value? Because I think he's exactly right. And that's where I think these new and creative ideas come into play. But I think there's some key ways that we pray. You know, we typically, when things get tough or we sense a little persecution, we start immediately praying for protection. But if we really want to embrace new frontiers, instead of praying for protection, maybe we take the biblical example of the apostles after they were beaten and pray for boldness. Yeah, that's right there from Acts chapter 4. And now, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name. Absolutely. I've prayed that prayer multiple times. Sometimes people say, well, you're not supposed to, because you right there are signs and wonders. Well, you're not supposed to pray for signs and wonders. Well, the apostles did. Right. You know, because they knew that one of the best and most effective ways to break into new frontiers is through signs and wonders. Somehow we feel like, this is just an observation. This is not, uh, I don't want this to come across as an accusation, but an observation. It seems like sometimes we feel like we've matured beyond needing signs and wonders. Well, I don't need them necessarily for myself, but I think the church needs them to actually go into these new frontiers. You know, the truth is, the greatest miracle is a soul being redeemed and transformed. But signs and wonders have always been part of the gospel. And I think that's a powerful connection to remind us of, that we don't chase them for our own sake. It's not the definition of whether or not a meeting with the Lord is legitimate, but nor do we think that they're not... I mean, Jesus said, unless this generation sees signs and wonders, you won't believe. It said, a wicked generation chases a sign, but in these new frontiers, yeah, we need the power of God. They cried out for it, so... You're right. How could we view ourselves as graduating beyond it? Exactly. And so we just have to be careful. You know, actually, when it comes to the Muslim world, rarely 
does someone that's practicing Islam come to Christ when there hasn't been some kind of miraculous sign and wonder, whether that's a dream or a miracle or something? Yeah, I sat with a young man in Syria. His name had changed to John. We sat with him, me and Eli Gotro, who we mentioned. This is some 12 years ago Mm -hmm. or so. He told us the story of how he had met some Christians who shared the gospel with him, and he was intrigued. But it was a series of dreams where Jesus revealed himself that he converted by. Absolutely. So let me kind of wrap this up if I can, and I would like to lead us in prayer, if you don't mind. No, that's wonderful. Over these two, because this is not just a great idea. These six core values aren't just something that we're aspiring to. We believe these are foundational to who we are as the church, Mm -hmm. and the district's role is to help strengthen and facilitate those across the district helping resource the local church and minister in any and every way that we can. And obviously, there's room for growth, but I'm thankful for all that is happening to help our local churches. Absolutely. Well, Lord, I thank you for these two core values that we have been unpacking today, that you would continue to teach us how to love well and reach wide. Lord, pull down the walls of prejudice that may be in our heart and any offense we've taken up, stereotypes, Lord, even some off humor that's just not really appropriate for a believer, I pray that you would convict us and give us an enduring and unconditional love for others that are different than we are, and help us to recognize that they deserve to hear the gospel as much as anyone else. And may we reflect to a greater degree, the cultures that you've called us to serve. And Lord, as we invest in new frontiers, we declare that there are new and creative ideas waiting to be discovered to reach people. Father, we thank you for the divine partnership with the Holy Spirit right now, God. I want to say thank you for out-of-the-box thinkers who sometimes make us uncomfortable and challenge us, but I believe if they are under the guidance of the Holy Spirit that you're using them. And Lord, help us to realize that every person does have a God-shaped vacuum that can only be filled with you and your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, we pray exactly what the apostles prayed. Give us boldness to declare your name. Stretch out your hand and confirm your word with signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Kermit, thank you for this. This is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come on and share. Well, friends, whether you are serving in the North Texas District family, whether you're in France or Fredericksburg, we're grateful for you. Glad you're a part of the family. And pray the Lord be with you as you have another great week of serving Him.